All right, time for the uh, Global uh, Threat Report, uh, ladies and gentlemen, with the great Captain Ken Bombay, Global Threat Solutions, a 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm. Global headquarters are right here on Long Island uh, in the uh, Soviet County. Also offices in around the city, Miami, L.A., overseas Frankfurt, as well as uh, Mumbai, as far as the Captain CEO Ken Bombay's 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience serving as a military intelligence officer in the Middle East and of course his company does so much all the services check it out online for peace of mind in uncertain times uh, just go to the site great website globalthreatsolutions.com or make a phone call any questions 646-946-6649 the aforementioned Captain Ken Bombay so much to discuss welcome sir how are you Doing great, Chad. Thanks for having me on. We got a lot to uh, cover, my friend, including uh, what is going on in Mexico. I'm going to leave with that. Uh, I'll tell you, it is beyond a uh, dire uh, situation, as I sometimes say, uh, Cap. Uh, this is uh, this is a tough one, an alarming one on so many fronts. Uh, not only from the aspect of four Americans kidnapped against their will, uh, by a cartel that, I guess, mistakenly took them for a a Haitian a group of smugglers. Um, but also, you know, with the attachment of the fentanyl that is coming to this country, killing uh, nearly 100,000 Americans every year, uh, it's getting to the point where you know you have to somehow make a move here. And you wonder, at what point will this administration finally realize? Maybe this is the tipping point, but there must be something that has to be done here. Because these are foreigners and people on their way into Mexico for some sort of a cosmetic procedure. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, this, is, uh, this is what happens here. Give me your thoughts here and... Like I said, it's beyond dire right now as far as what's going on. Yeah, it is, Jay. And I'll tell you, we, uh, you know, my, my firm, Global Threat Solutions, we do a lot of work in Mexico for the very reasons you're discussing. We just finished an executive protection detail for some European executives visiting Mexico City. We're planning a big security operation for an event being held in Mexico. And it's because of these threats that exist. So what we just saw happen with these four people that were kidnapped was they crossed right at Brownsville, Texas, and the very tip of Texas, southern tip of Texas, and it brought them into Matamoros, which is in a very violent region of Mexico that currently has, Jay, a, a level four travel warning, which the U.S. State Department essentially says, do not go there for any reason. And these people went there anyway. And that's in, throughout the state of uh, Tamaulipas, which is like it's a very violent region for cartel activity over there. So these people were going there. I, I think the reporting now is, Jay, for a medical procedure, and there was a stake of mistaken identity. At least that's what they believe right now. But what happens next? Well, even if it is a case of mistaken identity, they're in a bad position right now. We're not sure what's going to happen. If these perpetrators decide they want to distance themselves from this crime, then then you could end up finding these people dead somewhere, or even worse, never finding them. Or on the flip side, maybe they're going to say, "All right, well, we we have these people; we'll hold them for ransom." 
Um, and, and again, those situations often end poorly too. So, I mean, could, could they be recovered? It has, it, it has the attention of the United States government. It's possible, but these are very dangerous situations. And I could tell you, there's a few reasons for this, Jay. I've been on, uh, I've been interviewed by the Washington Post TV stations continuously. Just yesterday, uh, the Independent interviewed me about violence in Mexico, and there's a few reasons. Over the last few years, Jay, we've seen an incredible increase in violence, even in the Yucatan Peninsula, where Cancun, big tourist areas, that's mostly drug violence, and it's come closer to the resorts, and we've had some tourists killed in crossfire. So it's, it's received the attention of Canada, the U.S., and other countries. That's one thing we've seen. And, and often that's brought about because people going to these resorts as tourists want drugs. And they bring in these rival drug uh, groups that are delivering drugs to our resort. And they, have, they, they, have, uh, they meet and there's a crossfire. The other problem we had in January that I commented on with numerous stations was they caught El Chapo's son. And the cart- his cartel then launched massive violence in the north of Mexico, shooting at planes. And they did this because previously they were able to uh, launch similar attacks and have him released. The government actually said, all right, we'll let him go. So that's why they, they launched these attacks. And there was many travel warnings. And then most recently, what you mentioned, the border is a disaster right now. It's a violent place with fentanyl, with the, the relationship with these cartels in China shipping in all this fentanyl it is a very dangerous place right now. And, uh, and something's got to be done at a minimum, Jay. These groups, these cartels have to be designated as terrorist groups, and then we need to take action against them. This has to be done. I mean, it, it, it's got to stop. Uh, I have no confidence. I saw an interview yesterday, William Barr, former U.S. Attorney General, uh, it's almost as if the Mexican government is under siege as well with these cartels. Something has to be done. We have to recognize these groups as terrorist organizations. I mean, it, they have to. And I have zero confidence based on how this administration has handled the fentanyl coming into this country through the border. It's like Swiss cheese. We talk about it all the time. The 75,000 deaths annually, I mean, it's just got to stop. They, they have to be deemed as terrorist organizations, narco-terrorism, whatever you want to label it. They have to be dealt with accordingly, and that with military combat. They have to be. I mean, that's the only way. If this isn't the tipping of it all, I don't know what is, the kidnapping of these four individuals. I, I don't know what it, what it will take. The Mexican president, Abrador, you have no confidence he's going to handle it. They're under siege. So, in essence, do we have any confidence in the White House, how they're going to go about their business right now, Cap? Not at all. I mean, from what we've seen at the border, there's literally, well, you know, it's, it's an open border, worst we've ever seen. These cartels, Jay, are responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Americans a day with fentanyl and other drugs. There's no other terrorist group in the world that can match that, those kind of numbers. So something's got to be done. First of all, designate them as a terrorist group, but then go the next step. You know, we can't allow this. If the Mexican government cannot control these groups, cannot help us control that border, then we are going to have to take direct action. How do you allow groups like this to kill so many Americans and to take action like we're seeing with these four people kidnapped and do nothing about it? You know, this is the difference, and it's one of the reasons you don't deal with terrorist groups. Back in 19... President Obrador released, he ordered, they captured El Chapo's son once before, and he ordered the 
the government to release them just because of the violence. So, of course, they're going to launch violence now because it worked. You can never, ever negotiate with these groups like this. And we just need to take a firmer hand. First of all, lock down our border. That's the first thing. And then secondly, we need to target these cartels like we would target al-Qaeda or ISIS. It's as simple as that. They've killed far more people than those groups have. Thinking and everything else? When does Biden wake up? When does Joe Biden wake up? You know? I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, I'll tell you. This is beyond dire right now. That's how you handle these cartels. That's how you do it. Because you have no confidence in the Mexican government. They're on the siege. They're on. The, they're told how to handle things through these cartels. And you're right. you got to be crazy to go to Mexico. You, you have to be out of your mind. You really do. And as you said, they're going to these resort towns in Cancun a couple of years ago. To see what's going on since, I would never go back. Ever go back. And it's a shame. It really is a shame. But right now, we have to handle this uh, in a way uh, in which, you know, we have to show we mean business here. We treat these uh, cartels as if they are terrorist groups. You're right. The Islamic regime and everything else, I'm sorry, you have to do it. Have to do it. Must. You got to send a message. Have to do it. Have to do it. But again, look who's, look who's at the switch. And that's the problem here. I mean, we got a very weak president, very weak, and uh, zero confidence. Uh, the captain of the global threat uh, report. Cap, let's switch gears. Uh, and that's uh, down to Atlanta. Uh, I guess uh, an attorney of the Southern Poverty Law Center now among the 23 protesters uh, charged with domestic terrorism after they allegedly hurled, <coughs> excuse me, these Molotov cocktails and fireworks. Uh, at a future Atlanta police training facility. Uh, my goodness, uh, how about this? And this is a another derivative of what we are seeing in and around this country as far as how cops are looked at. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what happens here, Jay, is, you know, they're targeting, this is a law enforcement training center, and they're trying to use, um, they're trying to, under the flag of activism, uh, protest this site, but it turned violent several times and for a long extended period. So they're saying, well, two things. First of all, you're chopped. The environmentalists are saying you're destroying the forest. And then they're also saying you're training police to put down the people. You're training them to kill people and all this nonsense. Um, this was clearly an act of terrorism. 23 people are being charged with committing terrorist acts. 35 of those people initially detained Jay, only two were from Georgia, and there were people from all over the U.S. and France and Canada. This is organized anarchy. That's what we're looking at here. It's nothing to do with that law enforcement training center. And to give some background to this situation, this facility is being built, you know, to to um, train law enforcement officers like at any other training place. There, yes, there's going to be ranges and tactics, things that we need desperately right now with the challenges these officers face for. Uh, not just in Georgia, but around the, the country. Um, and this hit a, a peak in January because it was a uh, an individual who was refusing state trooper commands and then shot at state troopers, and he was shot and killed. It got so bad, the governor had to announce a state of emergency. They brought on a 1,000 members of the National Guard, and, and the violence continued. 
the big problem I see, Jay, the real problem, the trend, is that these these far left um, uh, groups that are committing terrorist acts under the the flag of activism is is being getting a free pass. I mean, Jay, how many how many hearings and investigations and how much media coverage have we seen for the incident at at, at the Capitol on January sixth, which was several hours. And, and again, we, you and I have spoken about this. Definitely not a good thing, and, and we need to. Uh, those people need to be held responsible. But my God, I mean, when what I want to know is when did the hearings and the investigations and the indictments, thousands and thousands of indict, indictments, get handed out for what we saw following the, the George Floyd incident across our country for the better part of a year, Jay? where we saw billions of dollars of damages caused throughout the U.S. by left-wing groups. What about the many police officers murdered as part of that violence? What about taking over the capital zone of a major U.S. city for months, Jay? What about sustained attack on a federal courthouse that include use of arson, explosives? What about the massive and organized looting operations throughout cities in, in America? What about the police stations that were taken over and police cars lit on fire? When are we going to see those hearings, one of those those terrorism charges being announced. When are we going to see thousands of indictments that could easily be done? When is that happening? And and that's the problem that I really see with this, is we're allowing this type of behavior. Obviously, Georgia's not, but our federal government hasn't done nearly enough to combat that type of behavior. These anti-fascist groups, you know, broad community-based, I mean, you're talking about a large spectrum of the I hate to, you know, listen, it's it's a spectrum of the political left, uh, Cap, and that's, uh, you know, these these people who are somewhat affiliated with these Antifa groups, uh, always involved in these types of, uh, of these uh, skirmishes, property crimes, demonstrations all across the country and everything else. Uh, but uh, it, is a, it is a big, big uh, problem uh, right now. Big problem. And, uh, yeah, they are domestic terrorists. Definitely domestic terrorism in, in play here. Uh, you know, you hate to see it, but that's what it's all about here. It's incredible. Uh, we're talking with the captain, of course, the Global Threat Report. Uh, changing gears a little bit regarding the crime bill, uh, Cap. This is a, uh, a, very, uh, a very big problem that has been brewing here regarding uh, the years attached to felonies uh, and whatnot. We've uh, spoken about some of this stuff uh, in the past, but without question, it has uh, come under play, especially in the nation's capital here, uh, where the fail, failure to recognize and everything else, but that's uh, what's going on here. Uh, you have had the Council of the District of Columbia withdrawing its rewritten criminal code from congressional consideration after the president pledged uh, to support Republicans and override the effort here. So uh, very interesting as far as what's going on. Well, you had a House vote a couple of weeks ago to overturn a revamped code called for lowering the max sentence for carjacking. What was it? From 21 years, uh, 40 if harm of the gun, to 18 years or 24 uh, if armed, but you know you've had some opposition, especially from Muriel Bowser, who's the mayor of D.C. Here, so uh, 
interesting what could come about here, especially when you have the President of the United States siding with the Re- with Republicans for a change. Yeah, I think it's we've hit such a peak in, in crime in this country right now that it's impossible to ignore. And there's one thing for, for sure, Jay, you know, there's been such a movement to empty our prisons, empty our jails. We've seen bail reform uh, less is more in New York State with Governor Hochul. These policies failed, and they failed immediately. And people are finally recognizing that. It, you know, regardless of your political affiliation, if you can't live your life, if you see your city um, uh, crumbling, and you see so many homeless people on the streets and drug uh, epidemic we have seen across the country, at some point people need uh, peace, they need security in their cities, in their homes, and where they live, in their communities. And that's what you're finally, everyone's been waiting for this. How much is enough where finally people are going to turn? We don't need shorter sentences. And look, there's just throw people in jail and, and lock them up, throw away the key. I don't know if that's itself the answer to this. There's many aspects to this. As you know, I teach criminal justice. But there are people out there, Jay, that need to be incarcerated. It's as simple as that. There's a very small percentage of the population in the United States that commits the vast majority of the crime. And many of those people, they are not being rehabilitated. They need to be incarcerated for the mere purpose of incapacitation so they can't commit more crimes. Unfortunately, even in 2023, that is still necessary with so many people in this country. So for those most serious crimes, we need tougher laws in place, not weaker laws in place. We need to make policies that deter crime, not invite it. And that's what we're seeing right now. I'm hoping... This is going to be a turning point, Jay, where we'll see finally, even in Democratic cities, we saw what happened in Chicago with that election. I'm hoping we're finally seeing a turning point where, like, look, politics aside, we need our communities safe, and then then we'll, we'll move on to improve our communities in other ways. Right now, first things first, we need to stop this crime. No question. And change of leadership uh, is in play, especially in Chicago with uh, Lori Lightweight uh, being ousted, especially during her tenure, a cap of three and a half years where murders were up 59%, auto theft 270%. I mean, come on. And you look at what's happening as far as D.C. and uh, Mayor Bowser. You know, I read a number that they had recorded increases in homicide 31% this year alone. This year alone, sexual abuse, 113%. Motor vehicle theft, 110%. 21, I mean, you go on and on. Austin, 300%. You, what is all this a derivative of? It's, it's poor policies. Wake up. Yep. Mayor Bowser, wake up. Or you'll be like Lightfoot. As well. And guess what? Eric Adams, you're on alert as well. As far as New York City is concerned, Gap, I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, it's about policies for crying out loud. It's terrible. It's true, Jay. And I'll I'll tell you, even the overall quality of these candidates at every level, from the city, like we saw with Lightfoot, to, to our national level and our presidency, you know, it used to be that you may not, you may have, you had two conflicting political sides, but you still knew the people in, the, in those positions, you had to meet some standards to be considered and to run and be elected to those types of positions. 
you know, you might not have agreed with Bill Clinton, but there's no doubt he was incredibly smart and competent, right? We're not seeing that anymore. We're not seeing that at all anymore. We're seeing, how, how the hell is Lightfoot, the mayor of a major city? I wouldn't hire her as the lowest level supervisor in my organization, not the lowest level. And she's running a city. And we see that across the country. I think just the quality of our candidates overall has diminished so much. It's, it's frightening. The race card. She will play the gender discrimination deal and everything else, right? Certainly didn't prevent her from winning the uh, mayoral post in the Windy City. Didn't prevent it, did it? So uh, it's uh, a lot has to do with the leadership. So we'll see how that goes. Let's uh, let's switch gears and get to the international stage. As far as uh, China uh, is a concern, Cap, uh, we got a big threat. We know they've increased military spending by about twenty-two percent. Uh, that is alarming. As far as the affiliation now with Russia, they have been warned. But uh, you know. With the nuclear capabilities, all that's happening in Taiwan, the alliance with Putin, uh, you want to couple the Wuhan leak and everything else into play into this equation. Um, it is uh, uh, a very, very alarming deal right now going on with China. Yeah, yeah. So the, the latest news is just this seven point two percent increase. Um, 1.55 trillion won, like you said, 224 billion dollars is their their new military budget. They have continuously increased their military budget because they have a strategy and plans, and that's what's alarming. Now it doesn't compare to our 773 billion approximately in our budget, but what it shows is the growth. That's what you have to watch: is how theirs is continuously growing. They currently have control of the world's largest navy by size, continues to advance its fleet of nuclear submarines fighter jets and and also they're slightly less than us in the nuclear side with 300 ICBMs and launchers but they have plans to triple it Jay and and I think this we've talked about this week after week that we need to wake up in this country and see this threat that's coming that's coming we've seen recent intelligence assessments that say that they believe they're planning on, a, on moving on Taiwan due to increased military activity around there and I know that we've said, you know, President Biden has said we will directly, although we are not technically mandated to do so by, by agreement, we will directly involve ourselves militarily if they do that. Are we ready for that, Jay? I honestly think not. I, I, I've, you know, as you know, I'm a former military intelligence officer. I follow these things pretty closely. I don't feel confident. I don't feel confident with this at all. And, and then this, I haven't even touched on, like you said, this new, um, relationship between strengthening relationship between russia and china and they have this you know where russia has the oil they're providing them now they're china's talking about sending drones over to russia for the conflict with ukraine and we said this will change our relationship what does that even mean jay i mean we need why are we not sanctioning china i would be sanctioning them already they are our sworn enemy i would not hesitate at a minimum we should be telling them if you support them you will be sanctioned every bit as hard as Russia, but we're afraid to do that. For what? Because of dependency on Chinese goods. Those are so many of those goods. We need to be removed from that dependency anyway. We said we were going to do it during COVID for those critical items. We still haven't. I think that, we, you know, I know it's a tough pill to swallow. Business depends on it. 
But we need to threaten them with that. That's what they understand. That would really hurt China. Yes, would we have? Would it impact the U.S.? Sure, it would. But but it would impact them more so. And it's just one of those things that has to be done. We have to let them know that we're serious about this. Yeah, and especially with Taiwan too, uh, because uh, according to all reports. Uh, there are a lot of tensions there across that Taiwan Strait. They have stepped up its military activities, China has, all around Taiwan in recent years, including almost daily Air Force incursions uh, into the island's air defense identification zone. They've reported any incident, uh, as far as uh, Chinese forces are concerned. Uh, you know, we're talking, I, I, don't, I forgot how many miles right off the coast it is, but uh, it has shot down a civilian drone that entered its airspace near an, near an, an isolate off of uh, off the Chinese coast last year, I remember. So uh, there are tensions everywhere here. And that's something that the United States, you know, has to keep an eye on here. Chi has said some things. Normally, he does not intensify when he does speeches as far as the United States is concerned. That's changed a little bit here now. So uh, there's an annoyance on his end. On his end, as far as the U.S., um, we're keeping an eye on things. Again, it comes down to the leadership uh, situations, uh, which again I think we lack here in a very big way. Uh, how we can handle things? Uh, I'll tell you, we have discussed uh, four areas of major concern this morning. Uh, what's happening as far as Mexico? Uh, what's happening as far as the crime bill, what's happened down in Atlanta, and, of course, what's going on with China right now, and that alliance uh, as far as Russia, very, very intense. And, by the way, we haven't even touched upon uh, Bakhmut and everything else as far as Russian forces about to occupy this territory in Ukraine, Cap. Yeah. That's, it's alarming. It, Russia's making progress. The Wagner Group is really pushing back the Ukrainian troops right now. And, and Jay, this is just the, the tip of the spear as far as the spring offensive that Russia is going to launch. And we need to be watching this very closely. And if we're going to commit these weapons, then we need to get them there quickly. And they need to be trained in them so that they can use them now, not in six months. It, it could be too late in six months. That about it. Uh, very, very... Uh, intensified deals going on right now, folks, in and around uh, the world uh, when you look at things. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it and look forward to the next time with the Captain Global Threat Solutions.com for peace of mind in uncertain times. And, folks, trust me, we have uncertain times going on at this point uh, in time. Uh, 646-946-6649 again. Go to that website, valuable site, information, the services uh, the captain's uh, company provides uh, is just unbelievable. GlobalThreatSolutions.com. Go to that site. Again, the phone number is 646-946-6649. Sir, good one today. A lot on the table, and I look forward to the next time. Yep. Thanks for having me on, Jay. I look forward to it.